Good morning. It is such a blessing to be here. Sad that I don't get to see Pastor Todd. Um, but it's good to be here. Uh, last time we were here was two years ago. By the way, my family is, is here this morning. My wife is here, Carol, and Micah, our son. And uh, Zoe, she's um, And so we make this, uh, we've been there uh, in Iraq, North Iraq, for five and a half years. And um, we make the trip every two years. And we come for three months. So this is the beginning of our second month uh, here. And uh, it's a uh, it's blessing to, to be here. Uh, but we truly is a family there. Uh, we miss them. You know, uh, God is building this wonderful family from uh, different people groups, different backgrounds. Um, and it's wonderful. It's God's will and God's doing. It's just a little bit that you saw in the video. I'm going to share some testimonies, uh, exciting things that God is doing. You know, when we moved there, uh, before it did, God gave us this vision and of this wheel. I've shared it in the past here. It was this picture of a wheel and the hub of the wheel represents the house of prayer and a ministry training school. Acts 6.4, they gave themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And um, we were actually living in, in Bastrop, Louisiana. Um, I may have an accent, and my wife is from Rhode Island, uh, but we're not foreigners to Louisiana. <laughs> we lived in Bastrop for two years. And we went from, how many of you know where Bastrop? Yeah, I love you. Okay. It's a famous place. And <laughs> so from Basrap to Iraq. And uh, so my wife says that uh, it's safe to say it here, hopefully. But she says that Basrap prepared her for Iraq. So uh, so God has many different ways to prepare us. <laughs> so, so the, yeah, so the wheel division is a house of prayer and ministry training school. That's the hub of the wheel, the spokes represent the evangelism, the going out. Um, so many different ways that we bring the gospel to people, whether it's teaching English, we have done that in the past, uh, whether it's distributing food, meeting people, or going in these refugee camps for a few years, bringing the gospel, praying for the sick. So the spokes represent the going out. The rim of the wheel represents the churches, the, in the, where we live, House churches, most of them have been saved out of Islam. And so, so out of a place, that place of adoration, of prayer, worship, um, and the word we go out and that's how disciples are made and the church is growing. So we went with that five and a half years ago. Um, we had no idea. Uh, we knew it would be bad, <laughs> uh, but we didn't know that a group like ISIS was going to crossed the borders from Syria into Iraq a year and a half after we arrived. We believe it was God's timing that we were there at that time, long enough to be established with our family and a team and start, you know, adjusting and all the, those things. So right when ISIS came in June of 2014, uh, God was at home praying and uh, God spoke to me and told me, believe with me for a prayer movement in Iraq. And um, I'm consumed by that, you know, I've, you know, when we were visiting the U.S. that summer 
And we're making plans to go, uh, of course, back. And people were telling me, so you're going to go back there? You know, Iraq is on the news. ISIS is moving strong and taking over places. And, uh, you know, saying things like that. Are you going to take your family back there? And I, and I've, you know, I always found myself saying, this is time to leave Iraq. It's time to go. And because I'm, I'm, you know, God just burning this, uh, you know, uh, prayer movement there. And sure enough, right when we arrived, the end of that summer of 2014, we hosted 50 hours of continual worship and prayer. Many were, uh, people were touched, uh, in the prayer meetings, people healed in the night hours, uh, and just, you know, Rockies were telling me, Fabian, we don't want this to stop. They were saying when we came to the prayer meeting, uh, it felt like heaven. And, uh, and I felt the same way. I was thinking the same thoughts. And so that's when I can, you know, it gave me more of a, you know, a voice, uh, to, to speak to them and tell them this was not meant to be a prayer event. Uh, this is meant to be normal where his people come and we worship and adoration. Jesus says that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. This is who we are. This is what's happening around the throne. Continual adoration while we're here. When we go to eat, when you're at home, around the throne there is ongoing, uh, ongoing worship adoration around his throne. And if we are asking for his kingdom to come, the kingdom of heaven, yes, we're asking for life and miracles and power and freedom because that's what's in heaven but also we're at responsibility and 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 comes with that of adoration of seeking his face just like it's happening around his throne so since that time a momentum have been growing in the area of worship and prayer like you said uh now not only uh, us leading prayer but the house of prayer there is a training place and people iraqis most of the time they're the ones leading prayer even ones that were Muslims before, now there are leading prayer meetings for the salvation of Muslims. <laughs> uh, recently, uh, we have, because once a month, besides the weekly prayer meetings that we have, uh, we do, once a month, we do like 10 hours, 12, sometimes 24 hours of non-stop worship and prayer. We did it last Friday. While I'm here, it was going on there. And so, and so there's a certain themes, you know, sometimes that we see God in prayer for. And so this one uh, Friday, was we're praying for the salvation of Muslims. So I specifically asked for a few young people, men, women, uh, that were Muslims before, and they were leading prayer, they were leading us to pray for the salvation of Muslims. One, I saw one family, Muslims, that came to the prayer meetings, and, and more, this is happening more frequent, Muslims show up in the prayer meetings. So I, I saw them. Uh, you know, wearing the veil, the hijab, and I, I, I never seen him before. I didn't know who invited them. So anyway, so we're, we're praying. And so, uh, one Iraqi believer lady, she said, she says, you know, I see him over there. <laughs> He's upset with what's happening. And anyway, so I'm like, well, I'm, what can we do? He's here now. <laughs> and so anyways, at the end of the prayer meeting, I introduced myself and I, I, he told them he they said that they needed some help with food i i said i would like to visit you and that's very normal in the culture to visit homes it makes the evangelism very easy uh they they love visits house visits so i went and i found out that this is one of the first thing he told me he says he says i said that i needed help with food he says i lied he says we don't need help 
He says, I've been wanting to come to a Christian meeting all my life. So he made up a story as a Muslim that he needed help because they told him there's foreigners there. So it's not true he needed help, but he wanted to come to a Christian meeting. Imagine Arab family, Muslims going to the mosque. That's all they know for all their life. And the first time they're in a Christian meeting, it's a prayer meeting where there's worship, adoration going on. And former Muslims are leading prayer for the salvation of Muslims. <laughs> yeah. So, amen. <laughs> yes. He's very close. This one, I'm going to share others that got saved. This one is not a believer that I know of yet, just yet. But before I came and got on the strip, like I, this last prayer meeting before I traveled, his wife was sitting right at the front watching everything. He told me this also when he was, uh, I was visiting at home. He said, um, he said, you know, I, I'm so confused. He says, I, uh, I don't know if Sunni is the right way, Shia is the right way, or Christianity is the right way. He says, I am very confused. I don't know. He says, I feel so lost. He said, uh, a few nights ago, he says, well, I, I, I had the Quran in my hand. I told God, if this is your word and if Muhammad is your prophet, then show me at least one drop. He says, I put the Quran under the pillow. Bad idea. <laughs> uh, so he went to sleep that night. And he said, they're very dramatic in their words, extreme in the words they use, you know. And he told me, he says, it was the night of nightmares. He says, there wasn't one nightmare I didn't have. He asked for a drop. Okay. And then a couple of days later, he says, my daughter was playing with a bracelet, uh, bracelet and made a cross out of it. And then he says, I looked at it and I, I, I told God that night, if Christianity is the right way and if Jesus is the way, then show me at least one drop. And that night, he saw that cross the bracelet that his daughter made. He saw it in the dream and he saw this water just gushing out of it continually coming towards him. So he asked for a drop, you know. Uh, and the story goes on and on. Now they're still showing up in these prayer meetings. I, this is happening more frequent, and I'm telling you, they're counting the cost. Because, uh, as you can imagine, you know, the persecution, it's a guarantee that there's going to be It comes with the package. And so they count the cost. And uh, so anyways, that's a little bit in the prayer meetings. One more thing about, because once a year, besides the ongoing prayer gatherings we have, once a year, we went from 50 hours to... 100 hours, that's four and a half days of non-stop worship, praying, worship, praying, worship, going on. And, and people come, of course, to do 100 hours like that, you need some help. <laughs> and so people travel from, from, from U.S., from Europe, uh, even Middle East, from Egypt, other countries, and from Israel. And so I, as, as just like it is important for us, but any, anywhere in the world, and the body of Christ to pray for the salvation of the Jews. You know, there's different reasons. I'm not going to take the time why it's important to pray for Israel and the salvation of the Jews. Um, there's many reasons. And, 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 and when Jesus returned, it depends on them accepting him, believing him, saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And when he comes physically, He's landing right there. And so it's important for us to pray. 
And even my love for the Jews and Israel have been growing deeply and more and more while living in Iraq. The more I've been realizing our role in Iraq and Middle East as it's the, as the Muslims, they're converged, they're coming to know Jesus and the transformation that's happening and will continue to happen among the enemy of Israel. They're the ones more and more that will provoke Israel to jealousy. There is a role that it's happening, not in the Gentile world, and even more towards the last days in the Muslim countries. That's why in Isaiah 19, I quoted that Egypt, Assyria, that's in Middle East, Iraq is a big part of Assyria and Israel, will be a blessing to the nations. It's revival in the Middle East, in these Muslim countries, and it's happening many places. And we're starting to see the beginnings of it in Iraq. Hallelujah. So we pray. So we invite uh, even uh, for this hundred hours a team from Israel. One of the, the hundred hours, we even, this Israeli team had led worship in Hebrew in Iraq. We went from, you can't say the word Israel in Iraq, to having a team from Israel and leading worship in Hebrew. And, uh, and, and we're now praying weekly that former Muslims and Iraqis leading prayer every week for the salvation of the Jews. That's big, brothers and sisters. Yes. So during this hundred hours, one of the testimonies is we're praying and, and, and now, you know, there's many different things we pray for during this 100. And, and so when we were praying for this promise for Isaiah 19, the Israelis were leading that. And so, you know, I'm thinking, man, there's many people here are going to be shocked. There's Israeli Jews here. You know, they, they believe that the church replaced Israel and all these things. And so we pray that God would bypass their minds and get into their hearts. But how do you do that? You can't do that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And so as we were praying, different ones come up and started to just share the first one was an Israeli Jew, a young lady, uh, that her father is, still is, a very influential uh, Jewish rabbi in Jerusalem. Well-known family, very religious Jews. The daughter gets born again. He kicks her out of her home. And, uh, and so she's sharing this and she says, my, when I got sick, my father would tell me to go find an Arab and give him your sickness. You know, it's the hatred from both sides. And so she, and then she goes on and says, but I fell in love with Jesus. <laughs> and now I love Muslims and I love Arabs. And I went to Egypt to learn Arabic. And you know what? A few months later, God called her and she's been living in Iraq now. This Israeli Jew. And so, and so people are like starting to cry now. God's bypassing their minds and getting to their hearts. These Jews are confessing how they hated Arabs, but Jesus now has given them love and it's one family. Another one comes up. He was a Muslim before. And he said, when I was a Muslim, I hated Israel. And I prayed for its destruction. He said, but now I weep for Israel. And the next one come up. And they start to weep over each other. Israelis, you know, and Iraqis. And, and, and weeping for each other. Having encounters right there in the prayer meetings. And then start to wash the feet of these Israelis. So that's just an idea of the impact that's happening. When we pray and when we worship Him. Amen. Another shift that happened, brothers and sisters, since ISIS came. 
not only been seen rise in this prayer and the, you know, the presence of God, but now many Muslims more and more are opening their hearts to Christianity to want to know who Jesus is. This is not just Iraq. This is a known thing uh, that's happening in the Islamic world. The more the true face of Islam is revealed, the violence, what Islam really is, it's not a peaceful religion. It's a lie. It doesn't matter who says it. Islam is not peaceful. And so, so the more the face of Islam is revealed, the further away Muslims are going from their faith. Many are questioning their faith. There's Facebook groups more and more multiplying of Muslims, you know, talking about what the Quran really says and, 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 and question it. And there is a wave of atheism in the Muslim world. But there's good news. This is opening the doors for Jesus, for us to preach the gospel to them. One young man, well, you know, since we, for many years, we've been reaching families that fled ISIS, okay? And they've been living in these refugee camps and tents like we've been praying for the sick. We've been doing that. The different ones have gotten baptized disciples growing in their faith, attending church meetings and, and leading prayer even that were in, in refugee camps. I mean, that's been happening. But since this past year, since... Uh, since under this administration, America has come and helped with earthquakes to liberate Iraq from ISIS. And so there, it's a place, places like Mosul, maybe you've heard of it, which is the, the city in Nineveh, the lar second largest city in Iraq. We're talking a few million people that ISIS had taken over the first part. So U.S. have liberated it and, and with the help of others, of course, France and and you were Iraqi army involved, and to liberate it from the control of ISIS. And so now the door is open. Before we moved there, God moved and spoke to us. It was David, this one in particular, and he told him that I will send you to Nineveh like I sent Jonah. Now Mosul was controlled by Al-Qaeda for many years. It seemed impossible for us to go there. Then ISIS for three years. Now. It's liberated and we're going in. And we're going into Mosul and amen. And we're reaching, <laughs> we're reaching families that lived under the occupation of ISIS for three years. And the stories, you know, that we hear, it's, it's terrible, brothers and sisters. It's beyond you can imagine. One mother told me, she said, our children, when ISIS were doing the, you know, they started the, the beheadings on the, out, out in the open, you know, and cutting hands or throwing them off of high building. Yeah, that was going on. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like you're going to the store and you see a crowd and that's happening. And she said, we tried to hide our children from seeing that, but we couldn't. It's everywhere. It's out in the open. And not only that, he said, she said, but the ISIS were making the children at the front so they watch it she says in the beginning the children would scream she said after some time the children got accustomed to it and then they would run to go watch it happen that's the people now that we're dealing with the children that we're dealing with she says our children have seen too much 
There's a lot of pain. Many, you know, they killed a lot of men and even, of course, the, the raping and sex slaves and all that that was going on, selling ones. Anyways, I won't, I won't need to get into that. And so many orphans, many widows, and we've been meeting them. I tell you, this gives, before I get into some testimony specific, but uh, one man told me this. I met him in a, in a tent, uh, but he lived under ISIS, him and his family. He says, before ISIS came, they put these thoughts in our mind, referring to uh, leaders of, of the, in the mosques, basically the teachings of the Quran, you know, the violence and so forth. He said, before ISIS came, they put those thoughts on our mind. When ISIS came, we saw those thoughts lived out. And then he said to me, now we reject it. And we want nothing to do with it. And no one is going to make us believe that anymore. And then he said, this is a new day for us. And brothers and sisters, he speaks of so many there. They are like a blank page waiting for us to write the gospel on their hearts. They're rejecting it. They're pushing it away. Many of them may not have the boldness to say what he said to me, but deep inside they know that what they've been believing cannot be true. So we go and we pray for the sick, just like we've been doing there, just as what Jesus commanded us to do. Go into a village, heal the sick there, preach the gospel of the kingdom. You find the man of peace, stay with him. That's what Jesus told us to do, and that's what we've been doing. And and so we distributed some food recently, right there in Mosul, just as you saw those. I mean, one side of Mosul looked looked like a, a, an atomic bomb went off. It's just rubble. It's just unlike you've ever seen. I, I never seen anything like that myself. And but there's families there and moving there, and there's neighborhoods that whatever is intact, children. Yeah, it's it's bad. They're very poor, and. Uh, and so we distributed food. We've been able to go in, like I said. And this helps us, you know, look good, look good to the government, uh, that we're doing something to help. But also now these children and families and widows, you know, seeing our faces that we're, we, we care. We're doing something. So the next phase was to now go into their houses. And that's what I was doing for about a couple months before I came on this trip. After this big food, we go into these homes. And, you know, they've seen us, whatever. And, and we just do what we do. We show them love. And we start praying for them. And, you know, sharing. So we, I was in this one house, four widows. ISIS killed all their husbands. Some of the children have seen it. And, and, and so, and then we ask anybody sick and also anybody that has been having nightmares because we've been praying. One of the things that we've been seeing, God touch people and set free from these demonic nightmares. And, and so we ask. So one older lady had, you know, diabetes, uh, pretty bad. And then one, uh, everybody started to point, including the children, to this one girl about nightmares. She said they, she's having nightmares. So every night was having this really horrible nightmare every night. And Isis, yeah, killed her father. We laid hands just as what we usually do. We give them. You know, we gave him coloring books, some food, Bibles, and, you know, sharing Jesus. As soon as I traveled to come on this trip, I arrived at the airport here in, well, here in, in Boston when I flew to the West. 
as soon as I opened my phone, messages coming in. One of the messages was a brother on our team, that, and this is why his text to me was, I'm at the widow's house in Mosul right now. The little girl we prayed for last week was having nightmares, has had nightmares no more. She has peace and happy dreams. And, uh, and the other woman that we prayed for, her sugar level with her diabetes has gone from 450 to 120. Amen. Amen. So this is just an idea of what's happening. Again, as we go, we had no idea, you know. When we obeyed Jesus, we had no idea we're going to be right in the middle of a, a group like ISIS doing what they did. And thank God we didn't leave and stayed and seeing Jesus glorified and people believing in him. And now doors are opening and people, again, we just need to obey him. We can't be moved by what the news say and what we feel and don't feel. Jesus is what matters. And to obey him. And uh, I'll share one other uh, testimony of, uh, as I mentioned, praying for, uh, we do pray for Israel and other things. But this particular prayer meeting, I, I was leading that. And, uh, and then a family showed up a little bit late. I, I know they were Muslims and they're new believers. They were Arabs. And I knew they've been getting touched in the prayer meetings, but I haven't got to know them and heard their testimony yet. But when I was leading the prayer for Israel that one day, I, they showed up late. And so uh, later, so I paused and wanted to introduce why we're praying for Israel again. I know they're Arabs. They were Muslims. But he was very excited to tell me, no, it's okay. I'm ready to pray for Israel. I, I don't mind. He says, I, and then he was excited to tell me his testimony. And so he was work, uh, in, at work. A Catholic woman, she started to talk against Muhammad and Islam. And, uh, and he was interested. He listened. And, you know, conversation. And then one day she came and she started reading to him from the Sermon on the Mount. The words of Jesus. When she got to the point when Jesus said, love your enemies, uh, he told her, I, I need to go outside. And he went outside. You know what he did? He cried. He was so moved by the words of Jesus when he said, love your enemies. He didn't know it's the presence of God, but he was so impacted by those words. They felt like crying and he went outside to cry and came back. Eventually, she gives him a Bible. He gets born again. He comes. Uh, and okay, before he got born again, he tells his wife. Again, he's not connected to a church. He doesn't know born-again believers. Just, he's got Jesus now and a Bible. When he got born again, he started telling his wife. He said, my wife is very kind, good woman. But she got upset when I became a believer. She told me, it's not right to change your religion. Why are you doing this to our family? And a lot of arguments and fighting. And, and then she's talking to him about divorce and leaving and with the kids. And, and then she told, uh, he told her, you know, I'm not going to fight. I'm, I'm, I'm not, if you decide to leave with the kids, I will not take that from you, which is not common for a man, especially there. He said, but please give me one month. During this month, he sought God for his wife. Again, doesn't even know the ch a church believers yet. He sought God for his wife. Before the end of the month, 
his wife started asking him questions why he believes what he believes. She was seeing the change in him. A new man. She gets born again. Yeah. And they come. They come to the, of course, they come in our prayer meetings. They help leading prayer. They've been through our classes, the training. And and not only their lives are changed. I mean, one time in the prayer meeting, he's, he's leading prayer. I mean, this is the language they talk, they use. She says, when I was a Muslim, I, if I had the opportunity, I would have killed the Christian. And of course, but now he's moved with love. He's a new man. I mean, there's just joy, just tears, love flowing from him. And so uh, my wife and our family, we had him over for lunch just before we came on this trip. And, uh, and, and, you know, just again, they're sharing and they're, you know, she, the wife is saying, you know, uh, her family members are training her and she's telling us, you are our family now. You know, and we told her, of course, we are your family. This is the body of Christ. God is building a family. And not only this, but they were getting ready to go on a trip to the south of Iraq, him and his wife, to share the gospel with family members. This is overcoming the fear. And this is the culture of the church, what it should be to begin with. You know, that we are burning with love, overcoming all fear, because in love there is no fear. And, and it's just wonderful, again, to be part of what Jesus is doing, you know, among these Muslims. It really is. Yes, there's challenges and difficulties, but Jesus is with us. And, and now there's fruit and it's growing. So thank you again. I, I'm going to finish with just a few encouraging words. Um, I know I've talked about this in the past, but I feel God just burning so clearly in my heart with simple words about love to you. The Song of Solomon, and, and again, as even as you heard me sh been sharing, we emphasize that one reason why we emphasize our time of worship and prayer as families, the community there, yes, there's training, yes, there's work, yes, there's outreach and house churches, but the priority is coming together to worship and to seek God's face. And because it's in that place that love keeps on burning. I don't want to be this nice, good, successful missionary. I mean, I'd want to be successful, but before I am that, I want to be in love with Jesus. You know, God forbid if, if I made disciples and the church there grew, you know, and then I stand before him, but and don't, I haven't been burning with love for him. What are we going to bring them into? How much Jesus is going to be glorified? And so again, we see that it's in that place of prayer that love keeps on burning. And brothers and sisters, God puts that as a big priority. To burn with love for Him and for others. So much that He says, when you do these two, when you love me with everything you have, your mind, body, heart, everything, and when you love others like you love yourself, He's saying, you have fulfilled all the law. That's how much of a priority He puts on that. You know, in Song of Solomon, it says in 8.6, it says, Set me a seal upon my your heart, as a seal upon your arm, for love is strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. Its fleshes are like fleshes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. The scripture tells us love is like fire. And we need to feed it, just like fire needs to be fed. To be ongoing, when there's things that are consumable, it continues to burn. 
The same thing with our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with Him. Our love is like fire. Even in Romans 12, 11, it says that this is never be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. He's saying let the love, the, the fire of love in your heart keep on burning. So again, why does God put such a priority on this love? I'm going to give you just a few reasons. I believe one reason is because we, God, because God wants a family that looks like Him. Because God is love and He wants us, His family, to resemble Him, to look like Him. To imitate Him, Ephesians 5.1, 5, 1, it says, imitate God as dear children. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says that we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Jesus. Amen. We have His name. And I tell you, you know, it, it is an honor and a privilege and also responsibility to be called Christians. It's not a very, it's not a, a light thing. It took his blood, his life, his death for us to have his name. And so we should represent Jesus well. And that is why I believe one of the reasons why he put such an emphasis on love, to love me with all your heart. And again, the commands summed up in this. Because that's who He is. And He wants us to be like Him. So that we can shine like Him. Because we know very well, the world will see Jesus through us. You've heard this many times, I'm sure. We may be the only Bible that people will get to read. Thank you, Jesus. It says, it's for in, in other places, in John 20, 21, Jesus says, as the Father have sent me, I also send you. First John 4.17 As he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. Yeah, we need to reflect him, represent him. When Years ago, when I first came to know Jesus and I fell in love. The fire started to come. I told him, I said, I want to show the world what it means to be a Christian. <laughs> I want to show the world what it means to be your son, your disciple. Not looking, at, you know, for a ministry or anything. God does those things. But they need to know who he is. Amen. And he wants us to reflect him. Another reason why God, I believe, put a big emphasis on love. By the way, even in First. Corinthians 14, it says, pursue love. Make love your goal and desire spiritual gifts, which is important. A lot of things, a lot of things are important in the scriptures. Everything is important. But he's saying, make love your goal. Love. I believe, yes, another reason why is because God is personal. He is relational. He's more relational than we will ever know on this side of eternity. 
We are, we have relationships. We are relational because that's who God is. We came from Him. The idea of relationships originate from Him because God is the most relational being ever. And He emphasizes love because true relationships and lasting relationships are founded and sustained by love. That's why he deeply, deeply desires a close relationship with us. That's why he says, pursue love. So that our relationship will be sustained. Amen. And it's from this love relationship that we get to experience him. And see him. And hear his voice. And everything, you know. In John 14, 21, it says, Jesus says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. It's out of this love relationship that he will manifest. If you were to study that, it means to reveal. He'll show up. He will let you see him. He will let us see him when there's this love relationship. Just like you don't show your secrets to a passerby. You show your secrets to someone you are in love with and you know. The same way God manifests himself. He reveals himself to us when there is a love relationship going on. That's what he loves to do best. Reveal his son. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. And only manifest. And then two verses later in verse 23, he says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. <laughs> Not only he wants to reveal and show himself, he wants to live with us. <laughs> he wants to dwell and live among us. In his fullness, the fullness of the Godhead, that's all who he is, wants to live and dwell among us. And that's what he's coming back for. A family that hosts his presence. Yes. And again, because of love that we obey him. Because of love that we obey him. Through obedience is born out of love. That's why he says, if anyone loves me, he'll obey me. That's why he emphasizes this love to burn in our hearts because he really wants us to obey him. But there's a reason he wants to manifest. He wants to live with us. He wants to reward us. He wants to trust us with more. Sin degrades. Jesus upgrades. He wants to trust us with more. And he knows it happens when there is love. So, yeah, it's uh, when we are in love, we obey. And you know, when we're in love, it becomes a lot more easier to obey. Because too many that may not have the love to obey certain things may feel like a sacrifice. But to those who are in love, it's a privilege and an honor and a joy. And we get to do it. That's why he called us to be in Iraq. Well, God gave us love. He called us. He spoke to us. Now it's our joy. It feels at home. You can speak to my wife. It feels at home. God worked in that way, but it was a work of love. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And that one, two last things. Because of love, he wants us to emphasize this growing in love so that we would live to glorify him. So we would live to bring him as much glory as humanly possible. You know, when we believe the gospel so that he would be glorified. When we, we pray for the sick so that he would be glorified. We preach the gospel so God is glorified. We make disciples so God is glorified. The Holy Spirit is preparing his bride so that he would be glorified. He says in Revelation, the bride is prepared, adorned for her husband. That's why the work of the Spirit is happening in these last days, preparing a bride for Him. First and foremost, even us preaching the gospel, whether here or like where we are in Iraq, more than for people, we do it for Jesus. Whether they're going to receive it or not, we're going to do it anyways. Because I'm not doing it for them first and foremost. I'm preaching for Jesus. It's so that He would be glorified and receive the reward of His sufferings. Yes, it's for Him. And when we're in love, we want to bring Him glory. We die to self. We remove our name. I'm telling you, the more we are in love, we want His name to be glorified. Live to see Him, give Him glory. And my last practical reasons why this is so important. He puts priority in love because we live in a dark world. That sin continually is knocking on our door. And the devil works hard to keep people away from believing in Jesus. Or will try to stain the testimony of his people. And when love is burning like fire, it not only burns up flesh. And what is sinful and what is made by man. But that love, that fire gives us the power, the ability to not compromise. The, it gives us the, uh, that strength to say no to sin. Amen. And it gives us the strength to, yes, catch those wrong thoughts or lies or discouragement or tries to come our way. It's love as being rooted and grounded in that love is what gives us that Fire to overcome. Amen. You can stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I want to pray for you. And again, I thank you for uh, us standing with us and continuing to pray with us. I know you do. And we value that. Um, so thank you again for being part of what we do and part of our lives and what God's called us to do. Um, later on, if any of you would like to receive our newsletter and updates um, with photos, videos, just different things what God is doing per request, you're welcome to do that. You can sign up at the end. My wife will be there. And um, But I want to pray for you right now. I Again, I know these are simple words. I'm sure you're hungry, <laughs> but I want to, I want to just finish by praying for you because your life is also very important. If God's given dreams to Muslims and doing this, it doesn't love you any less. You're not less important. It doesn't matter your age or what you did or, or what's good been going on in your mind or family or, or whatever. Like your life is important. Every single one, you are not a number.
You know, you're not. And he wants your love. And he wants to burn this love in your heart because he's not done. And for many reasons that I just had done sharing with you. I know it's simple. I know you, you may outsmart me and know more and, and that's fine. And we are gifted differently. God uses us differently, but we all should burn with love. And, 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 and I just want to pray for that, that something happens in your heart. Maybe even while I was speaking, the Holy Spirit was stirring and going deep in your heart to raise that desire and expectancy to give yourself to be in love with him. I want to pray that even when you're alone at home and praying or whether you, pr- I don't know where you pray, maybe in your car or at work and that you will encounter him and experience this love. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here, the children, young, older, all of us, that we would know you. I pray for this light to shine in everyone's heart to see your beauty. And I pray that these words will be more than a message, that they will grow in love, every single one will fall in love with you, that even with the words they know, it would become a reality. And they would love you and fall in love. And they would grow to receive your love so they can love you back and love others the same way you love. May it be so. Let us start, I pray, for maybe some in some starting from today, that they will fall in love with you as they give you their hearts. In Jesus' name. So.